0: Welcome to the Open Places Podcast, where we fill the gaps in our lives with true character. Today, we are going to hear from Wanda on the character quality of contentment. Let's listen in. The largest single jackpot winner hit the Mega Millions numbers for $1.537 billion back in October of 2018. Have you ever wondered what your life would look like if you can suddenly buy whatever you wanted? Do you think you would be happier, more content? Would your life be easier? I mean, certain millions of people believe this to be true, and it is why there is such a lord to play for easy money. But can money really buy the promise of a happy life? In 2002, at the age of 55, Jack Whitaker became an instant celebrity after winning a record $350 million Powerball jackpot. And boy, was he happy. But it wasn't long before his life was riddled with bad decisions, scandals, and tragedy. Evelyn Adams won $5.4 million in 1985. She won the New Jersey lottery not just once, but twice in just four months. Unfortunately, she became a compulsive gambler and by 2001 ran out of money and was living in a trailer. We have William Post, also known as Bud. Who won sixteen point two million in 1988? In 1993, Post said everybody dreams of winning money, but nobody realizes the nightmares that come out of the woodwork or the problems. Well, he ended up going to prison for firing a gun at a man, had six failed marriages, and filed for bankruptcy. Janet Lee won eighteen millions in 1993, and in just sh- in short eight years, filed for bankruptcy. Victoria Zell won $11 million in 2001. That same year, she was charged with possession of drugs. In 2005, while intoxicated on, and high on drugs, she caused an accident killing one passenger and paralyzing the other. She was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison and was sued in a civil lawsuit that basically left her bankrupt. Michael Carroll won $15.5 million in 2002. And by 2012, his wife had left him, taking their daughter he became suicidal and eventually went broke. And Callie Rogers, who was only 16 at the time when she won 3 million in the UK back in 2003, she tried to commit suicide before spending all of her money. You know, these are just a few examples of people who could buy whatever they wanted and yet were not content. When we think we don't have much, it's easy to get wrapped up in the idea that the stuff that we have will fulfill us. And it's why we are always chasing after that thing we think will make us happy. What about you? Are you content? or Are you unhappy with your life? Do you wish you had more money, a bigger house, a better job, a nicer car? Perhaps you wish you were married. Maybe you wish you were prettier or skinnier and thicker hair or were younger looking. Do you dwell on the if only You know, this world that we live in is constantly reminding us not to be satisfied with the things that we have. There is this uh, pressure to keep reaching for something that is bigger and better than what we already have, right? You know, never settling for less than the very best. The house we live in is no longer good enough. We need a family room, a pool, a master suite because everyone else has one. When we watch a commercial or read an ad, do we truly understand that its goal is to stir up discontent? I mean, it's designed to make us think that we're really not as happy as we could be and that their product is what will lead us to an easier, happier, more fulfilled life. Technology and fashion are experts in this area. It's reported that nowadays fashion trends or fashion brands produce about 52 micro seasons a year or better known as, you know, a collection a week. These brands are banking on the fact that you will want that new blouse in a different style or color even though you have 50 blouses at home. Remember the last time we were so excited about that new outfit we bought for that special event, but now we're bored because we've used it a few times and suddenly that outfit that was perfect for that one event is no longer good enough for the next big event. And what about cell phones? How many times have we upgraded our phone to the latest version? Well, not because we needed it, but because they sold us on the idea that it was bigger, faster, and had more bells and whistles. We love upgrading, downgrading, and just being without, not so much. Oh Now, am I here to bash the idea of money or the idea of shopping or wanting new things? No, but what could life look like if we adopted the Apostle Paul's attitude when it comes to contentment? He wrote in Philippians 4:11 11-13, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content, content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now the contemporary English version English version says this, I'm not complaining about having too little. I have learned to be satisfied with whatever I have. I know what it is to be poor or to have plenty. I have lived under, under all kinds of, of conditions. I know what it means to be full or to be hungry, to have too much or too little. Christ gives me strength to face anything. It's interesting because Paul uses the verb learned, which tells us that it's unnatural to us. He wasn't trying to teach us something he knew nothing about. He learned to be content in the highs and lows of his life. And in fact, his life was not an easy one. He was treated harshly. He was beaten, imprisoned, severely tested, deserted by his friends. He was plotted against, insulted, humiliated before the people and persecuted. I mean, if there is anyone who's earned the right to complain and be satisfied with their life, it was certainly Paul. But he didn't do that. Instead, he thanked God for all that he had, whether it was good or bad. He wholeheartedly believed that God was in control of his circumstances and he accepted God's will over his life. His emotional and spiritual state did not depend on an easy or hard circumstance. He remained steady and stayed the course, serving the Lord, doing whatever he was called to do. You know, he didn't have to be served and comfortable and trouble-free in order to be content. He learned that in every circumstance, all that he needed was Christ. Because in Christ alone is where he would find all the strength that he needed to just keep going. He had a deep conviction that somehow, some way, God would work it out for him. He wasn't angry with God. He didn't blame others for when life got hard. In fact, he saw the difficulties as an opportunity to advance the gospel so that God would be the one that's glorified. He didn't stop trusting God when he endured a lot of suffering. He learned to look to God for strength. Contentment can't depend on our circumstances because our circumstances are always changing, and those changes aren't always great. To make it plain, the true secret to contentment is learning to be at peace in any circumstance, either good or bad, because we believe that God is with us and will see us through. The Christian who has a close and intimate relationship with the Lord is content and at peace even when life gets hard. Why? Because it's the Lord that makes a difference. Relying on his sufficiency is what will see us through. Those who only complain, are envious, and covet other people's lives have a broken relationship with God. They become angry with him because they were counting on him to bring them what they wanted in order to be happy. The perfect spouse, the right job, a house uh, in a specific neighborhood, and when he didn't, Well, they got mad. I never promised us that our life would always be filled with Starbucks and chocolate cake, free of trouble, inconvenience, or even pain. What he did promise was that he would never leave us or forsake us, that he would supply our real needs physically, emotionally, and spiritually in every situation, not our wants, enabling us to walk the difficult road when we needed him. And he promised to work out everything for our ultimate good. Not being attached to this material world and all of its comforts, it's a decision. I mean, we all like things and lots of them, but the truth is that we don't need an abundance of material uh, stuff before we can experience contentment. Contentment is less about the what and more about the who. It's grounded in the sufficiency of God. When we look to him, seek him, and draw closer to him in the good times and in the bad, we will find him. And as the word of God says in Psalms 34:10, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. I'm Wanda on this segment of Just Keeping It Real. Thanks for listening to today's Open Places podcast as we stay committed to repair, restore, and rebuild. As women, wives, and moms, We are standing with you to help see you grow.